Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Good evening and welcome to Good News. This is Deacon Al here from the Peoria Diocese speaking to you on Catholic Spirit Radio. And so glad to be here. I'm in a great mood, John. This is a big Big weekend. Oh wow! I am I am back serving at mass. Oh my! Four months, four months since I broke my foot. It's hard to believe that it's uh, it has taken this long to uh, recover enough to uh, to vest and uh, take do some steps. Still can't genuflect, so going to have to do that uh, profound bow thing for a while until the uh, foot flexes. But finally. After after four months to be able to serve at Mass again, I have missed it so, so much. And I guess that's one of the first things I want to talk about is, is missing Mass. A lot of us have missed Mass because of uh, COVID, or maybe we're, you have an, an injury or an illness that's, that's keeping you at home. I hope it's temporary. I hope it's something that uh, uh, your doctors and your body and God are all working on together to, uh, to help you heal. But please make every effort as soon as you can uh, to return to the Eucharist. You are greatly missed. Uh, it's when, when part of the community is gone, it, it affects the whole community. Uh, if you lost a family member, you know that for a long time that affects the, the whole feel of, of the family. And your church is like that. No matter what faith you, uh, you celebrate— but definitely in, in the Catholic faith, I feel the, the absence of our parishioners and would love to see more people back at Mass. It wasn't that long ago when churches were filled. I mean, you go back September, September 11. Remember what churches were like on September 12? They were packed, even when it wasn't a Sunday. Uh, the, the, the churches, all the churches were packed. People realize the importance of their relationship with God when something really tragic happens to everybody. But once that once that moment passed, boy, we are a fickle bunch. We really are. We lose our enthusiasm so quickly. And our Pope, Francis, uh, has recently sent out a, an apostolic letter to the priests and the bishops and and actually to the lay people as well. It's, it's for all the persons of the church, uh, reminding them of this need to rekindle uh, the interest in the Eucharist. This is, a, this is a beautiful, beautiful gift that uh, Christ left us with in, in the sacrament of the Eucharist. And we, need, we not only need to get back to it, we need to stay with it. We need to persevere in order to, to fully receive the graces that God makes available uh, through this sacrament. And the more you learn about the Mass, the more beautiful it becomes, and the more you participate in the Mass. Even if you're sitting in the pews in the congregation, you have a role to play, just as important as the role that uh, I play in the Mass as a deacon or that the priest plays as, as the celebrant. Uh, the laity in, in, the, in the congregation plays a vital role in, in the graces of, of the Mass. 
And you need to be there for not only your own sake, but for the sake of the other members of the congregation, because you're there to help them just as much as they are there to support and and help you. And we forget about just how beautiful the Mass is. Every prayer, every word said by by the celebrant or or by you as the congregation has real meaning to it, uh, deep scriptural theological meaning to it. And we've done a horrible job as the church to not only remind people about this, but to just give them the basic education about this. And so something you're going to see in your parishes is uh, priests more and more often now are going to do explanatory masses. And I think that's a good thing because now I'm over 60, under 70, over 60. So Vatican II was ending just as I was becoming really aware of the mass when I was 10 years old. And catechism for me, other than preparing me for uh, confession, first communion, confirmation, catechism to me was such a waste of time. I mean, for a Wednesday, it was a Wednesday after school for an hour and a half, and it really was, even at that time, and we're going back now 50 years, uh, God loves you. Here, color this picture of Noah and the ark. And <laughs> that was pretty much it. And then you had years where you were learning your way up to a sacrament. But in between, it was really a lot of fluff. And it was nice fluff. It was pretty fluff. But there is so much more to our faith. There is... It is so deeper than that, so much deeper than that. And uh, I felt shortchanged. I think we've shortchanged a lot of young people uh, in our in our uh, catechism efforts uh, since then. We've gotten a little better at some ages, but it's still a lot of God loves you, you should love God kind of a thing without really going into the nitty-gritty of, of Scripture. And I think we underestimate what children are capable of understanding so often. I know in the, the eighth graders that I, I speak with uh, so often, they, uh, they have great questions. And there's stuff they really want to know about. And it's stuff that I would have hoped would have been covered in, in the catechism experience, CCD, religious ed, whatever you, you want to call it in your parish, and it's evidently still isn't getting covered. And the Pope is saying, we need to cover this. We People need to understand all the facets of the Mass. This is the entire salvation history of our faith being covered in 60 minutes. So that's coming at you pretty quick. And so if you don't know what each of these uh, facets of, of the Mass is about, if you don't realize what you're saying or what you're listening to, you're going to miss this wonderful story that has taken thousands of years to be laid out for us and is there for, for our benefit. And so often it's, I go to Mass because I have a responsibility to be at Mass. The rules say, you got to be at Mass every Sunday, so I go. Um, or you, you go out of habit. Or you go because your parents make you go, right? And it's not that your parents are wrong to say, as a family, this is what we believe in. 
you know, and, and you need to be there with us. Uh, that's not the problem. The problem is when you don't talk about it beforehand and you don't talk about it after to say, what do you think, what did you learn from that, from that gospel? What did you learn from that homily? What were you thinking about when the priest says, let us call to mind our sins? Did you do that? Did you take a moment to do that? Did you, did you take your sins to the Mass as a sacrifice? Did you take your humility and, and your sorrow for, for what you've done that, that's transgressed God's laws or God's love? Did you take that to Mass and lay it at the foot of the altar as a sacrifice? For God set for the sacrifice Christ makes for us. So it's, there's this exchange. But so often we go there and we, we sit in the pew and uh, uh, let's admit it, a lot of us don't even sing the hymns. And the hymns are gorgeous. They're psalms. These are the prayers that Christ said when it talked about how Jesus went off and prayed. This is what he prayed. He prayed the psalms. And that's what makes up our hymns. So when we sing you know, it's, we're praying twice. I think it was, was it Francis, perhaps, who said that? Um, one of the church fathers who talked about uh, when you sing, you pray twice. That's what he meant, because you're reciting the prayers of Christ. And we just, we just don't share enough of that with our young people to really understand what's going on. And because of that, you have a lot of older people who don't understand what's going on. And you think, well, how can that be? Well, I'll give you an example. And, and you aren't... Uh, a lot of people aren't going to believe that this happened, but I'm telling you, this this happened to us at, at breakfast with some friends. I have a friend who's older than I am, so we won't go into how old that is again. We've, I think we've covered that ground. Uh, but he said, Father said something last week about the host, the communion host, being the body and blood of Christ. Did he mean that? And I said, well, well, sure. I mean, that's what the whole consecration is about. It's, it's a miracle happening before us. It's the transubstantiation, the actual change of the substance of the bread and wine into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. Not, not that he inhabits the bread, but the bread becomes, in its essence, the body and blood of Christ. So I never heard that before. Wait a minute, where did you go to school? He said, well, I went to a Catholic school. For for grade school? For grade school, for high school. I went I I was raised in a Catholic school. And he has never heard, never heard that the Eucharist is the body and blood of Christ. Not represents, but is. He said, never heard that before. I said, well, that can't be. That's just impossible. So he gets on, the, on his cell phone and he calls his sister. His sister's a little bit older than he is. Went to the same schools. So now we're talking about a, a woman who has lived a good long life. And he said, sis, did you know that the Eucharist is the body and blood of Christ, that it actually becomes the body and blood of Christ? This is a lifelong Catholic. And she said, where did you hear that? This is at Mass last week. I've never heard that before. Now, if you grew up in one of, as one of our Protestant brothers and sisters, I could believe, okay, maybe you have, but 
I have Protestant friends who know that the Catholic view is that this is the body and blood of Christ. So you'd think, okay, this is an anomaly. This is, this is some freaky thing that doesn't happen very often. So you're probably familiar with, uh, if you aren't, you should look up some of their surveys. They're pretty interesting. Uh, Pew, uh, the Pew Survey people. This is an organization that does very intricate surveys on Christian topics. So according to Pew Research, what percentage of Catholics believe in the Eucharist being the body and blood of Christ? 45%. Over half of the Catholics don't believe what is one of the key dogmas of the Catholic Church. That's not their fault. That's our fault. That's bad catechesis. That's bad instruction. That's, that's not doing a good job of telling our story. And we've been bad at it. We weren't always bad at it, but we've been bad at it for about the last 40 or 50 years to where our children don't understand this because a lot of the parents don't understand it. And so it doesn't get shared. You know, when, I, when I counsel couples that are, that are uh, preparing for marriage, a lot of our couples are from uh, mixed marriages. I can, and that's fine. My, my own parents, my mother was Catholic, my father was Baptist originally. That changed after about 25 years of marriage, but for those first, when they first got married, it was a mixed marriage. And the thing I caution them about is when they, when they have children, they will, as, as part of the being married in a Catholic church, you agree that any children that come from this marriage will be raised in, in the Catholic belief. Well, you can't share what you don't have. So I always tell the couple, even if you, even if you are going to remain in, in your current faith, which is fine, you should at least learn about the Catholic faith. Because if you're going to do what you say you're going to do, you're going to raise your child in the knowledge of the faith. Well, you can't share knowledge you don't have. So here's where we are now as a church and that we have a younger generation who is not fully informed of their religion because their parents, and in some cases their grandparents, aren't fully informed in their faith. And so Pope Francis is calling us to um, a rejuvenation, a refreshment, uh, a, a new life in our understanding of the sacrament of the Eucharist. And so there's actually, we have... Uh, a priest in our diocese who has been assigned this by Rome, who will be traveling from parish to parish, uh, talking about this rejuvenation. I hope to have him on the program uh, in the near future to talk about this. But your priests should be talking about it too. Your your deacons should be talking about this. Your your uh, lay people, your lay leaders in in your Bible studies need to be talking about this. We need to get back to the truth and the beauty of our faith, and that that is enriched and and planted and grown in in the Eucharist. So 
time to start getting excited again about uh, returning to Mass, time to get excited about learning what the Mass is really about, and especially about the, the sacrament and, uh, and receiving communion with a full understanding, a full acceptance of what it represents. The very body and blood of Christ, just as he speaks of in, in John, uh, John 6. So please uh, be attentive and be in attendance as we grow as a Catholic community. This is a reading from Hebrews. How long, O Lord, I cry for help, but you do not listen. I cry out to you violence, but you do not intervene. Why do you let me see ruin? Why must I look at misery? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and clamorous discord. Does that sound at all familiar? To today's headlines. This is from thousands of years ago. So what does God say about that? The, the reading continues. Then the Lord answered me and said, write down the vision clearly upon the tablets so that one can read it easily. For the vision still has its time, presses on to fulfillment and will not disappoint. If it delays, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not be late. The rash one has no integrity, but the just one, because of his faith, shall live. The word of the Lord. So what what they're praying about here, what Moses is praying about here, I'm sorry, not Moses, um, what Paul is talking about here, still the same thing we see around us today. We're still saying, God, why don't you stop all this violence? Why don't you stop the, the, all this clamor and this this riotousness that's that's going on? Where are you? And Jesus is saying, "Be patient. What I told you would happen is going to happen. What what He tells us about the kingdom of God, that's going to happen. But you have to remember that God's time is not our time." He exists in all eternity. Uh, we're we're the blink of an eye in eternity. It's what God says is true, because what God says is only from His own nature, and His nature doesn't allow Him to not be honest and not be true. And He's given us examples throughout Scripture. He's given us little glimpses into what's to come. And he says, be patient. It's not time yet. And we're going to have to work our way through these problems. And the, the interesting thing is we, we tend to blame God for all, for all the, the discord and for all the violence and for the war. God didn't start these wars. God didn't cause these problems. This is human error. This is, this is a lust for uh, money, for wealth, for power, for uh, position. This isn't about God at all. What we suffer from are from the errors of mankind. And so to, to turn to God for, for resolution is proper. But we've been thousands of years building this discord the problems we see today didn't happen overnight. They've been building up through history for thousands of years. 
Don't expect God to just snap his fingers and everything's going to be fine again. That's not going to happen until the last day. That's the final judgment. So what's going to matter is how do you respond to this world? Just because the world is wrong doesn't mean we have to be wrong. The world is sinful doesn't mean we have to be sinful. This is our time to prove ourselves as to what we really believe and, and who we believe and who we are going to be and wait for the, the moment when God says, now it's time to, to sort the good from the evil. Now's the time to end all this and start with a new reality in, in the paradise of heaven. So things, things don't change. The problems we see today are the same problems we're going to be facing 100 years from now. The question is going to be, how are you going to respond to it? What is your answer going to be? And who are you going to turn to uh, for, for support and assistance through this? Our second reading is Paul to Timothy. Paul writes, Beloved, I remind you to stir into flame the gift of God that you have through the imposition of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather of power and love and self-control. So do not be ashamed of your testimony to our Lord, nor of me, a prisoner for his sake, but bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. Take as your norm the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard this rich trust with the help of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. Amen. So what we've got here is, is a continuation of what we're hearing in Hebrews. Be patient, persevere. Persevere through strength, not from cowardice. Don't shy away from this world. Step up into the fray and speak what, what Christ spoke to us. Talk about the need for peace and humility and for love of, of brother and for the care of the needy and those impoverished. This isn't the time to hide from the world's problems. This is the time to face the world's problems from a Christian's point of view with a Christian's strength to address these issues. Will these problems ever completely go away? No, because they come from the error of mankind. And there's always going to be a certain percentage of mankind making these errors. But that doesn't mean that we can't do battle against it through our Christian attitudes. So that's what Paul's calling us to, that no matter what, I mean, he's in jail and he's still preaching the words of Christ. So he's saying no matter how, what's happening in our lives, no matter how we might be affected by society for speaking up, we need to do it. Even if we're imprisoned by society for our beliefs, we still need to speak up. And that strength comes through our baptism. It comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. So for those of you out there who have been baptized and confirmed, those weren't just moments of uh little Kodak moments for the family to gather. These are, these are moments that have real spiritual meanings in our lives, that have real effect on who we are and on what we're capable of doing. And God is out there giving you the strength to face up to the problems today. 
But you have to be willing to do it. You have to be willing to say, I'll address this. I'll, I'll talk about what's right no matter what uh, might befall me. So have faith, uh, have patience, and have perseverance. Uh, that is so much of, of what prayer is, is all about. Hang in there. God loves you, and he wants to see us through this. Our final reading is the gospel. It's the gospel of Luke. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your servant, who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here immediately and take your place at the table? Would he not rather say to him, prepare something for me to eat, put on your apron and wait on me while I eat and drink? You may eat and drink when I am finished. Is he grateful to that servant because he did what he was commanded? So should it be with you. When you've done all you've been commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what what we were obliged to do. The gospel of the Lord. So when you do stand up, when you do the work that Christ expects of you, don't do it out of grandeur. Don't say, look at me, look what I've accomplished in the name of Christ. Do this out of humility, because what you do is what you're supposed to do. It's what we're ex- what's expected of us. Standing up against the evil in the world isn't some great act of heroism. It's, it's a reflection of God's love. It's what God calls all of us to as Christians. Are you ready to answer the call? If not, turn to God. That's where our strength comes from. And he says, come to me in prayer. Come to me in the, in the sacraments. And he will give you the grace you need to do the job we are all being called to do. Half hour goes really, really fast sometimes. It's always so good to, uh, to come talk to you here on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hope you've enjoyed the good news. Remember to write us with your questions at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Until next weekend, this is Deacon Al. May Almighty God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.